Holy Spirit is so good, so good. I'm in my pool and and I'm thinking about Saul and Acts chapter 9, just quickly. There's a guy called Saul, he's been trained up uh, by a, a Pharisee, Gamaliel, Gamaliel who's a, an outstanding teacher of the Jewish law. And Paul, Saul, is being trained up by him. But he's really narky and he's upset with the people called in these so-called born-again Christians. He's coming after him. He's on a horse. He's got his troops. He's got the Roman order to come after the church because the church is an affront to the Jewish religion. Do you know what I'm saying? So um, he gets narky. And so he, all of a sudden he's on this road. Let's have a look at this. Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters. He just wanted, you know, the official orders to to round up these these born-againers. Verse 4, he fell to the ground. Let's back it up there. Verse 3, as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and get into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anything. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by his hand. He's blinded into Damascus for three days. He was blind and did not eat or drink anything. And in Damascus, there was a a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him. He had a vision, called to him again. He had a vision and the Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on on a street called Straight and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, He has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who carry on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel, and I'll show him how much he must suffer for my name. Now, let's just continue a little bit more. Then Ananias went to the house, entered it, placing his hands on Saul. Don't underestimate the gift of laying hands on people. Placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who's appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Something, now this is important, verse 18, immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. And it continues on. Let's go down to, and he virtually composes himself, he does some preaching, they're not sure, the disciples are not sure about him because one minute he's, he's their persecutor, now he's saying, no, I, I'm, 
I want to preach Christ like you, but the disciples are holding him back. But then if you look in verse 34, then the church through Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace. Now here it is. It was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. You've got to highlight that, underline that. Because what we see in the book of Acts is really God filling people with His Spirit, blessing people with His Spirit, anointing people with His Spirit. You can, I could go through every chapter and there's people being filled with the Spirit. And suddenly the house was shaken and the Holy Spirit broke out. And, and so it says here, the church was strengthened, strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. And it grew in numbers living in the fear of the Lord. And so here's a guy, Saul, who knew the word completely. He knew the Old Testament absolutely completely. But now he's been blessed with the Holy Spirit. Now he's been captured by the Holy Spirit. He's got something to give away. Now, the Bible says that the church began to become strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. And that's what's happening in you people. You're becoming encouraged and strengthened in the Holy Spirit by the Word of God, but by the Holy Spirit. And I want to say, to the, say this to you. In these last days, there will be a people of God that not only get saved, get water baptized like we had at Tawoon Bay, but there will be a people that are, that are filled of the Spirit. Let's go back to Acts chapter 2 and see what Peter says is the way. He says, chapter 2, verse 38, Peter replied, verse 38, chapter 2, Acts, Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. Okay, we've done that, hopefully. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God would call. And so you can see that the first requirement is, is repentance. Being water baptized, yes. And then, of course, you are ready for the Holy Spirit. The next scripture the Lord gave me in the pool, swimming in my cold pool this afternoon, was the scripture in Matthew 9, verse 17. Neither do men pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the wineskins will burst. The wineskins will burst. The wine will run out and the wineskin will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskin and both are preserved. This scripture is talking about a custom of a flask that was made out of animal skin. And they used to be able to cleanse it, of course, and then pour wine into it and it would hold wine. Jesus is making an analogy of this by saying this. If the wineskin becomes brittle, if you stay brittle with your old mindsets, if you stay brittle he was saying to the people back then in your Jewish customs, I cannot pour this new life that I represent. I cannot pour it into you. If you try and take it, you will break. And I want to say to you right there that God is doing a fantastic, tremendous thing in the life of the church, this church in particular, C3 Tugger. Give it up for Jesus right there. We're seeing fantastic stuff. 
He's doing a brand new thing. Isaiah 43 verse 19. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Nothing compares to what I'm going to do with you, says the Lord. Behold, I am going to do a brand new thing with you personally. See, I've already began to do it. Don't you see? Even in the life of some of your youth, God's began to do something. He's going to fulfill it, complete it. Philippians says in chapter 1, uh, chapter one verse 6, he says, I've begun a good work in you and I will bring it to completion. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm going to bring it to completion. But the way to bring it to completion is stay with the program and get those, I guess, the wineskins of your thinking, of your mentality, of your way of life. Hmm. Even long-term Christians, even what you knew to be true in 08, in 09, God is going to have to get that wineskin of your mindsets, of your behavior, of your attitude, of your spirituality, that wineskin that sometimes becomes immovable will again have to be renewed in Jesus' name. Because the Bible says in Joshua 3, 4, then you will know which way to go. Since you have never been this way before, I, have, I haven't been this way before. I've been through a lot of great church, a lot of revival, a lot of high-octane spiritual encountering meetings. Do you know what I mean? But I have not been this way before where I've seen so many souls saved in the life of a church and where I've seen people impacted like they have been impacted. I've not been this way. God is a, he's new every morning. He does something new and fresh. So please allow your wineskin of your mentalities, of your mindsets, of your behavior and of your attitudes in God, even your theology, allow that to be renewed and get the oil Get the oil on the wineskin. What they would do with the old wine cask, they would put oil on it, oil on it. It would become malleable, stretchable. And then, of course, when they put the new wine in it, it wouldn't break and explode. You could try and take this move of God on. You could even try and take the vision of this church on. But if you're not renewed, have not a renewed wineskin, it could buckle you. It could break you. Oh, damn, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were there one minute. What happened to so-and-so? Uh, well, they just weren't malleable enough. They weren't, weren't able to expand. Weren't able to expand in, in what God was doing for their life. I believe the Lord Jesus is speaking to you right now. He's saying with a great excitement, this is a prophetic word, an anticipation, new call, new call, new call. A new call is coming upon you to replace the old outdated call. God is calling you in the process which you must volunteer for. You will become more spiritually effective, more spiritually useful to Him again. Once again, you will become His true servant, putting His best interest first. Consequently, your sense of spiritual satisfaction and significance will once again be powerfully restored. Who wants that? Consequently, your sense of spiritual satisfaction and significance will once again be powerfully restored. I like that. Two, you will, be, you will feel spiritually reinstated, spiritually rejuvenated. You will feel spiritually renewed, relevant, as you experience a deep new sense of spiritual accomplishment. Respond properly to the ever-changing call of God, and you will feel restored, reinstated, rejuvenated, renewed, and relevant all at once. Today, 
your inner man is being renewed. 2 Corinthians 4.16 From faith to faith, you are being transformed like Romans 12.2 says. Something's up. You feel it deep, deep within your spirit. You cannot identify with it yet, but you know it is there. You have tried to ignore it, but it is there. A call of God is like a hunger that just won't go away. You are being wooed. You are being courted. You are being pursued. The call of God is relentless. And this is even for people who need salvation tonight in this house. Like a persistent suitor, the call of God is relentless. God won't let you go, friend. Born again or or not saved, it's a purpose. Its purpose is to catapult you to the next level of service to God. No pain, no gain. Say amen to that. Pastor Phil, I hear what you're saying about the vision. There is a vision, a future for my life. God's doing stuff down the road of my life. Pastor Phil says he sees it when he prays, when he reads the Word, when he's with God. He sees a vision for C3 Tugra, a preferred future for my life, your life, your friend's life, your school friend's life. It's a preferred future. No drugs, no alcohol, living in God's crucible of His plans and purposes and His love for you and and I. And the community is totally involved in that. The community, the nation, is all about what God wants to do. The vision. You want me to connect to the vision, Pastor Phil. God is beckoning. Without vision, you perish. You dwell carelessly. You won't come to church after a while if you don't get with the vision of what your significance is in the life of the church. You won't give to God if you don't understand the importance of what the vision is about. Because the vision is about you being disciplined, committed. You won't live your life vigilant, rock steady, faithed up in God for the vision to be the church, to be the answer. You won't live like that if you don't have strong vision. You will just let yourself slip, slide, and anything goes, and you're not disciplined. Some of us live so disciplined that we're here and have been here every morning, every Sunday for 13 years. Doesn't matter if it's hailing, snowing. Doesn't matter if the tent's coming down. Doesn't matter if whatever's happening, we still turn up. That's called faithfulness. Faithfulness results in fruit. Fruit. Faithfulness, then fruit. Put that down. That's our theme for this year. But the faithfulness is what we give to God. We serve God. We serve what He wants us to do. And in that we see fruit break out. Souls are being saved, people impacted, God breaks out. But you won't do that even still if you don't feel the power upon you. And here it is. Repentance and baptism. Acts 2, 38 says, Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's the power dimension in your life, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Young people, you need the Holy Spirit. You've got to hunger for it. You've got to thirst for it. You've got to live in it. You've got to want it. It's the power dimension. The Bible says, and Garth, you apparently did so well with this on Friday night, you said that don't do anything, you know. And if you try and do something without the power, because the Bible says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem 
and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Ever-increasing influence if you get this power on you. And you become yourself, just yourself. You become so consequential that you can't go anywhere now. You go to Westfields, God breaks out. You go to the football park, God breaks out. You, you go to church, of course, God breaks out. But no matter where you go, no matter who you're with, God breaks out because you've got power. Say power. First thing you've got to do, thirst. This is the first thing. You write it down. You get full of the Holy Spirit. John 7, 3, John 7, 37. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. You've got to drink this stuff in. You've got to find a time, a place to drink in the Holy Spirit. It's a spiritual thing. You've got to drink in the Spirit, just like you drink in all the other stuff of life, all the DVDs and all the gossip and all the conversation and all the stuff you love to do. As you drink that in, into your spirit, what goes in comes out. If you hunger and thirst for the Holy Spirit, this will happen. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. 38, whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. You'll see people healed, saved, born again. You'll see people impacted. The creativity will begin to flow. Your gifts will be able to flow. You, you know, you, you'll want to volunteer in that day because your spirit is flowing with your giftedness. Like this river, it just brings all your giftedness and all your life along with it. And all of a sudden, it's flowing into the, the mainstream of the church. You know what I'm saying? Some people have got gifts on shelves. There's a gift there. There's a gift there. There's a gift there. There's a gift there. Yeah, I used to have, used to use that. Used to use that, but just leave all that there. Maybe use one day. But in the day of power, you'll be able to take those gifts down. God will breathe on them and pow, you can offer them in that day of power to the service of the church. Is that right? Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger, thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. You will be filled. One essential condition for receiving the fullness of the Holy Spirit is to be hungry and thirsty. Some people, Garth, never get the fullness of the Holy Spirit because they don't thirst and hunger. Luke 1, verse 53, He has filled the hungry with good things. I loved it tonight. You had your hands up. You were worshiping God. And I sensed there was a great hunger in the house and God was filling you. Even right now, He's filling you of the Holy Spirit. Even right now, those ones who are thirsting after God, God is responding to your sincere inner longing to be filled of God. You know what? If you let God into your heart, He stands at the door of your heart and He's knocking. He wants to refurbish you, renew you, rejuvenate you. He wants to clear the basement out. He wants to hang some beautiful paintings up and He wants to bless you with such great stuff in the, in the room of your heart, in the, in, the, in the room and in the house of your life, that you'd be absolutely surprised. Is it number two? Ask, ask. Jesus presents the, the next step in receiving the Holy Spirit. Luke eleven thirteen says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Next, drinking. After asking, the next step is receiving. Jesus calls this drinking. For he says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Drinking represents this. It represents an active process of receiving. 
The infilling of the Holy Spirit cannot be received by a negative attitude, guys. No one can drink except of his own active volition. No one can drink with a closed mouth. As in the natural, so in the spiritual. The Lord says, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Psalm 81 verse 10. God cannot fill a closed mouth. The next one is yielding. I've forgotten what point I'm up to, sorry guys. But it's yielding. Is it for after drinking? After drinking, the next step is to receive the Holy Spirit is yielding. God speaks to Christians in this term of surrendering to God. Romans 6.13, do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to Him as instruments of righteousness. Lord, right now we're saying we're yielding, we're asking we're thirsting, we're drinking, we've, we've, we're repentant, we've been baptized, but Lord, you want to fill us, each and every one of us. Lord, you stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears his voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him, he with me. Father, Lord, we need your spirit. We can't do it without you. We're asking for it right now. Let's all stand.